1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Neil Lennon says Celtic will stand firm over their valuation of Kieran Tierney. Philip Hellander outlines what convinced him to move to Rangers and Steve Clark says he's seen encouraging signs in his early days as Scotland boss. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. Yeah, we've got Champions League on Wednesday, Andrew. Europa League on Thursday, Betfred Cup almost every night. Football is most certainly back and Celtic will be headed for Estonia Assuming there are no catastrophic slip-ups against Sarajevo tomorrow That's what we've got you in for Roger, our Estonian football expert <laughs> Do you know much about Nom Kalju? Well, I know they've just beaten Shkendia uh, They were 1-0 down from the home first leg um, Heavily odds against to get through to take on Celtic But they took the lead in Macedonia this afternoon And despite being pegged back with a penalty They have scored an injury time I will take on Celtic in the second qualifying round With the first leg, I believe, at Celtic Park A week tomorrow night The return the following Tuesday night in Estonia Well, you can join us as well 01419511025 on the phone lines Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB Of course, all, all the talk Roger has been about Kieran Tierney In, in previous days But we'll, we'll look at that uh, Estonian side just quickly first of all it's, it's the breaking news it was an interesting one it was either going to be a North Macedonian side or an Estonian side really at this point in the in the Champions League qualifiers it can throw up any sort of challenge and, and Celtic will want to get tomorrow's game out the way first of all before they're even thinking about that yeah but I think that they've done the vast majority of the good work in Bosnia last <clears> week <throat> Andrew coming from behind a 3-1 win they will ease past Sarajevo tomorrow night um, hopefully for Celtic with no more injuries after losing Mikey Johnson the other day um, there's still two or three players out Including Kieran Tierney himself Still not fit to play So they want to come through unscathed And then they will look at Nomakalu. Um I can't imagine they would trouble Celtic too much They don't really have a huge pedigree European wise So I think it's it's a decent draw for Celtic today It's a, de- a decent result And you would think going to Estonia at this time of year Slightly preferable to the searing heat of Macedonia as you say, Kieran Tierney won't be involved in that game tomorrow night. Lots of chat about him on the show last night. A bid rejected by Celtic from Arsenal. A, a second bid from him. It's It's been developing over, over the past few days. Roger, what have you made of it? What's your understanding of the whole situation? Well, my understanding of the situation is Celtic are not happy with the payment structure being proposed by Arsenal. They've knocked back their latest offer. There are still... There's still plenty of time in a transfer window. I would be surprised if the transfer window closed with Kieran Tierney still at Celtic Park. Um, I think the signing of Bollyball and Goalie a week or two back for £3 million was indicative that Celtic also believe they need a new first-choice left-back because Tierney will be elsewhere. Um, the one thing we don't know is when and at which level Napoli are going to come into this because they still do have an interest in Kieran Tierney um, they can match Arsenal in terms of finance um, They can eclipse Arsenal in terms of being able to offer Champions League football Which Arsenal can't offer this season So it's interesting to see if they come into the equation And if so, when I just think that in this window at some stage Kieran Tierney will leave Celtic Well we're about to hear the thoughts of Neil Lennon But Celtic fans we want to hear your thoughts as well 0141-951-1025 Let us know what you think of this Neil Lennon says Celtic won't be pushovers In any Kieran Tierney transfer After rejecting a second bid from Arsenal Over the weekend He says the club are in a good position And they'll stand firm on their valuation He's a great player and he's a great talent And 
At 22, he's already achieved a hell of a lot in his career and he's got so much more to, to give to the game. But uh, it doesn't surprise me that there are potential suitors out there for a player of his quality. But, you know, he's our, he's our player. He's on a long-term contract. And, um, you know, while it's a backhanded compliment for all the work that the, the people here have done over the years with Kieran, you know, we don't want him to go. You know, see when you see transfers down south, you know, £50 million pounds for a throwback from Crystal Palace, things like that, and then you see Arsenal swapping over what Celtic D2 needs to be worth. Do you feel like there's a sense of frustration or even disrespect to their valuations? I think, I think disrespect is strong, um, but I do feel that, you know, our valuation of Kieran is, is correct. Can't do anything about what the clubs do in, in England. You know, fifty million for Wan-Bissaka is a is a lot of money. We feel that Kieran's a far more experienced and more rounded fullback at this juncture of his career. So he's an asset for us, and we do have a value of the player, and we rate the player very, very highly. So disrespectful, I would say, is the wrong word, but um, we're not going to be certainly pushed over in any negotiations. We're in a strong position on a lot of our assets in the team. Some of the players who have left here in the last few years have gone on to do alright in the Premier League. So we think we know what we're doing in terms of developing players. And do we believe that they can play in the English Premier League? Of course, but we don't want them to play in the English Premier League. We want them to play here and in the Champions League for us. It's the way that modern transfers work today, Roger. It's not just a case of if the amount is correct. It's the way the deals are, are structured as well, because there's so many different ways that, that clubs can put in instalments and, and clauses. And, and that seems to be an issue here. Yeah, it certainly is an issue. I, th- I think... in in comparative terms to the, the rivals at the top of the English Premier League, Arsenal don't have a huge sum of money to spend in this transfer window. We're reliably told it's something in the region of £45 million. And that might sound a lot to you and I, but in, in top six terms of the EPL, it's not a great amount of money. So what they're trying to do, any signings they're trying to make, they're trying to get Kieran Tierney in, they're trying to get Wilfred Zaha in, a couple of others as well. They're trying to structure the payments so they don't have to pay too much in this window. They would pay a bit more as the seasons go on and then add-ons, etc. Um, Arsenal's income streams aren't really of great importance to Celtic at the minute. They want a deal done on their terms. Otherwise, Celtic won't do a deal with Arsenal for Kieran Tierney. Celtic are under no pressure to sell Kieran Tierney financially. They're no, under no pressure to sell him in terms of the length of his contract. Celtic are in a good position in this deal. But I still just feel with, with Napoli circling as well, I think there's a deal to be done. When you look at Celtic over the past year or so, they've obviously brought in European money, they've brought in money for Moussa Dembele, they've brought in money for Brendan Rodgers and his staff to go down to Leicester as well. And it really just does seem like Neil Lennon's sat back. He's quite reluctant about the whole thing and and just saying, look, if the money comes in in the right way, then okay, but we're not not rushing anything. Yeah, well, he is relaxed and he's right to be relaxed. But Celtic have spent money as well. You remember, they broke their transfer record a year ago for Odson Edward. They spent £7 million bringing in Julianne from Toulouse in this window. £3 million in the left-back ball in goalie. Uh, they've also spent on the squad. You know, Brendan Rodgers quite rightly awarded the players who had won, in, you know, in his case, eight trophies, now nine successive trophies. A lot of guys there get decent pay rises. Kieran Tierney among them, contract extensions. So while the money's come in, they have spent a good amount of money. If there's £25 million coming in for Kieran Tierney, you would expect a lot of that to be spent as well. That's the thing. Ultimately, in Scottish football, every single player, no matter what club it is, no matter what player it is, they have a price. Yeah, Neil, Neil Lennon himself mentioned that today. He sort of reeled off all the, the players you know, from Moussa Dembele a year ago, going back to, to his first spell as manager when it was Virgil van Dijk, Victor Wanyama, Fraser Foster, Gary Hooper. You know, they, they all come up, they all do well, they all get sold at a profit. That is the way Celtic... And for that matter, 
Rangers have to operate because you know, in terms of you look at an Arsenal, you look at an Apple, you look at the big teams throughout Europe, Rangers and Celtic financially can't compete. And when the big clubs come calling for their players, they invariably go. 01419511025 if you want to give your thoughts on this. Barry is a Celtic fan in Barhead. Barry? Hi, panel. How are you doing? Hi, Barry. Good, thanks. Um, just uh, obviously, everybody talking about Kieran Tierney leaving. Hopefully, he doesn't leave. Love to see him stay. My problem is with a Celtic board currently. We still don't have a right back, right? This has rumbled on and on and on since Brendan Rodgers' days, and it's still rumbling on and on and on. Now, you mentioned Moussa Dembele there, sold for £20 million. Virgil van Dijk, we got another 7 and a half for him. We've got £9 million for Brendan Rodgers. OK, there is money there, and you're telling me, and I'm reading these newspaper reports, Celtic having four meetings about transfer targets. Surely to God... There is a right back that we can identify that is good enough to play for Celtic. I cannot believe that we're going into a second round qualifying the Champions League and we still don't have a recognised right back. Uh, uh, listen, I think you speak for a lot of Celtic supporters, Barry, when you say that. This is something that has rumbled on for, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, 18 months or two years now because Celtic supporters would phone the show when Michael Lustig was, was struggling for form in Europe, struggling for form domestically, had a few injuries... Um, and, and you could tell The guys who came in Gamboa Unfortunately wasn't up to the task Tolian Unfortunately wasn't up to the task Anthony Ralston Very high hopes for him But he's never really had that run In the first team So Celtic fans have phoned this show For a long long time Barry Talking about the need For a new right back To come into the club I think Celtic have worked hard To try and identify a few um, The lad James Justin Who ironically Brendan Rodgers Ended up signing For Leicester City Was one Tommy Smith at Huddersfield who's moved for £4 million to Stoke was another. I can take you back to January and you look at the lad Timothy Castagna, the Belgian who was playing for Atalanta I think in Italy at the time and a deal couldn't be done. They're trying hard. It's a strange one. They just seem to be struggling at the minute to nail somebody down. Yeah, Roger. Neil Lennon talked about it today and he said openly that he wants two right-backs. He wants yeah. to bring in two. And he, he didn't say specifically that They'd missed out on targets The way he was saying that They've been priced out of some deals And he seems keen just to make sure That he gets the right player for that yeah. position Yeah, listen I think he wants to make the correct signing Rather than the quickest signing And I know Barry's making a valid point If anything were to go wrong For Celtic in the right back position Against Noma Kalyu Then, you know People would be jumping up and down screaming um, They'll get through Sarajevo I think they'll get past Noma Kalyu With or without a new right back But they need to work hard Nicky Hammond's come into the football club now With Lee Congerton away um, He has vast experience Working down south Bringing players in from the continent He is in to assist The process of identifying One And hopefully for Celtic Two right backs But it is proving Problematic at the minute For the club Do you want to come back in Barry? I'm just, I think the, the Royal Don Kilmarnock would, would do a job Um Maybe not his first choice, but certainly it's a second choice. I think I think he's he's in the last year's contract at Kilmarnock. I don't see what the big deal is. No, no, bring them in. I think he's I think he's proved them proved himself numerous occasions and stuff like that. I don't I don't see how we can't be, you know, given a chance. It's not it wouldn't be a, a, a huge amount of money. I don't know if Neil Lennon doesn't fancy him a lot, but you know, do you not think you should be given a chance at least, the boy? I I, I think that that is the only logical thing we can think of. What you mentioned there that. The Celtic football department maybe don't think he's the answer to the right back problem at the minute because you've said everything you've said through last year of his contract, 
Looks a decent enough player He's got 9 or 10 caps for Scotland now I think he had a brief spell in the books at Celtic Park as a kid, didn't he? Um, you would think it would be an easy deal for Celtic to do So you would have to presume it's just not one they want to do Well thank you to Barry in Barhead We'll hear from Neil Lennon again shall we He's telling Kieran Tierney not to get distracted With the transfer speculation surrounding him at the moment He says the fullback just needs to focus on his rehab But that every player has their price Well certainly not a distraction for us and the players I'm sure it can be unsettling for Kieran As we've touched on before And you all know the situation That um, the club's valuation of Kieran has not been met And until then we don't have a discussion to to make really I don't know what Arsenal's financial state is and I know what ours is and we are quite comfortable with the situation at the minute what are you set down just trying you know settle and concentrate on on the here and now you know don't look too far ahead and you know don't get your hopes up or your hopes down you just you know try and stay level with it and get yourself fit because at the minute he's in the middle of his rehab he loves the club Kieran I'm sure if if he was to leave it would be a big wrench for him personally Um Sometimes there is an inevitability about players moving on at any club. Well, you know, Man United ended up selling Ronaldo, you know, the biggest club in the world. Everyone has their price, so it's no different for, for us at times. 01419511025. If you want to come on the line, Laurie is on the line. What's your point tonight, Laurie? Hey, panel, good evening. Hi, Laurie. Uh, two points. Uh, I agree entirely with the previous caller, Barry, uh, about the, the necessity of getting a new right back in. And I think the guy that he mentioned there, Stephen O'Donnell, uh, would be a good option. If I were Anthony Ralston this evening to listen to Neil Lennon uh, saying that he's looking to get two right-backs in, if I were him, that probably would not sound like music to my ears because it would suggest to me that uh, Anthony Ralston isn't seen uh, as been part of the, the setup. Anyway, I, I like Anthony, and uh, had, I'd hoped he would have been given a chance. I think defensively, he, he's a good good right-back, but that's not my main point. My main point is... I think we'll, we'll touch on that first, Laurie, and we'll get to your next point. Cause, Roger, you just need to look back at the game against Sarajevo last week, the fact that Christopher Ayer started at right-back, the fact that Neil Lennon says they want two right-backs it does seem to be the end of the road for, for Anthony yeah. Ralston in terms of his chances yeah. listen I know the points Laurie's making um, and it's a shame for the lad I think the writing's been on the wall for some time um, he didn't get a chance last week in January when they were looking for cover for Lustig he went and signed Jeremy Tolian on loan from Dortmund prior to that when they were looking for cover for Lustig they signed Christian Gamboa um, Anthony Ralston finished the season fourth choice right-back at Celtic and despite the fact that the three ahead of him have all now left the club. He still can't get into the first team. The manager said he's looking for two new right-backs. Um, we mentioned Kieran Tierney potentially leaving the club. Wouldn't surprise me if Anthony Ralston left, even just in loan, before the end of this window. You had another point, Laurie? Yes, which was about uh, Kieran Tierney. And uh, I wholeheartedly support Neil Lennon and what he was saying there about Celtic standing firm. Uh, and they're looking for Arsenal to meet our valuation of the player. Everything he says there uh, makes a great deal of sense to me. Uh, economically, I get it. But what concerns me uh, is less about balance sheets and more about the product and the part because I'm in my early 60s and I can remember great Celtic left-backs from the time of Jim Kennedy before Joe Steen became the manager. Jimmy McGrory was in charge at the time. Then, of course, we had the immortal uh, Tommy Gamble. Then through the years, uh, left-backs like Tosh McKinley and Tommy Boyd, 
In my humble opinion, of all the left backs that have ever graced the hoops, Kieran Tierney, in my estimation, is the best of them all. So he's going to prove a very difficult uh, act to replace. What I would also say is, and I would invite maybe uh, Roger's response, uh, the cynic in me suggests that uh, as much as we do want to keep him, I, I do think it's inevitable uh, that he's going to head south. I can't blame him if he wants to strut his stuff uh, on a bigger stage. But I think the £25 million in question would be an insurance policy for Celtic if we don't successfully negotiate the four hurdles enabling us to reach the Champions League group stages. Um, well, listen, it would certainly be a very valuable insurance policy. I, I think Kieran Tierney is an outstanding player. Um, you'll notice when Arsenal or Napoli or whoever else is mentioned in connection with him, Laurie, when they're mentioned, no one ever says, oh, Kieran Tierney couldn't go to that level. Everyone knows Kieran Tierney could play at the top level in the English Premier League in Serie A. He could go and play wherever he wants to play. Um, he is that good. Andy Robertson, his rival for the Scotland left-back berth, has just won the Champions League. And Kieran Tierney, I think if he gets exposed to the highest level of competition, is every bit as good as Andy Robertson. So I think Celtic, the people at Celtic, Neil Lennon included, know that it's only fair to allow Kieran Tierney, assuming a deal can get done that's acceptable to Celtic, it's only fair to allow Kieran Tierney to go and allow him to play at that world-class level that, unfortunately, he couldn't play at if he, if he stayed as a Celtic player. Thank you to Laurie on the line. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. We'll have more after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can give us a call 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Kenny's done just that and he says, What does Roger think of this? Why hasn't Kieran Tierney's injuries put clubs off him? Well, he hasn't actually been invited to have a medical anywhere yet. Now, I think the question was put to Neil Lennon today, and Neil Lennon didn't think there would be any issues going forward with him passing medicals anywhere. Um, he had surgery in Munich for the double hernia at the end of the season. I think Neil spoke last week, said he was still getting pain from a sort of unrelated um, problem. But, you know, I don't think it's anything that would, if he's staying at Celtic, that would keep him out of the Celtic team. In the, in the medium to long term If he was to say so, You know he'd be, he'd be fit to play soon And I believe You know He would be fit enough To pass a medical To go elsewhere well, Thank you to Kenny On Twitter You can get involved As well on the phone Or at Clyde SSB Let's hear from Rangers new signing Shall we He spoke At the weekend We've not had a chance To, to hear from him though After being introduced To the Ibrox crowd On Sunday Philip Hellander says European football And the size of the club Made it an easy decision For him to move there He also said He'd made his mind up Even before he got the chance To speak to Stephen Gerrard it's a very big club and it's a perfect opportunity for me to be able to play at a high level in a big club. I know about a lot about this club. Um, from the first moment when I heard the interest, I was I wanted to go here. Was European football a major factor in that decision? Yeah, actually it was one of the main reasons. I, I've been playing in Europe with Malmö before and uh, it's an experience that I want to do again. Of course, it matters. Uh, he's a, I've seen him a lot as a kid, fantastic player, and from what I've 
seen so far is also a great manager. We had a short chat before. Everything sounds was seemed so good, but like like I said, I was already I had already decided that I wanted to join Rangers. Roger, I think you've been away. We've not had your thoughts on Rangers signing Philip Hellander. What have you made of it? Um, well, let's reserve our thoughts until we actually see him play. <laughs> he certainly looks to have a decent pedigree. He, he played in Europe, as you heard him saying there, with Malmo. He's played for a couple of teams in Italy. Um, I don't think he could be a mug to play there for too long. Um, he's got 10 camps or so with Sweden, got into a major finals with Sweden. So he's clearly got a decent pedigree. Um, you've seen guys with decent pedigrees come to the Scottish Premiership before and not cut it. It certainly looks as if he's got all the credentials to to make an impact. Uh, Rangers, for me, didn't quite do enough central defensively last season. They relied too much on Joe Wardle, who for me wasn't up to the task. Um, they've now brought in, as well as Hellander, they've brought in George Edmondson as well to compete with Goldson and Cattage. So they do, on paper, look stronger in that position. I, I think the squad looks stronger as well. Joe Aribo, they tell me, Looks good in the centre of midfield Shea Ojo's got a couple of goals already We all know about Jordan Jones About Greg Stewart About Jake Hasty, People like that Greg Doherty is back as well With 50 games under his belt at Shrewsbury So for me the Rangers squad looks stronger on paper Than it did last season And they got a good bit closer to Celtic last season So I think I speak for us all when I say Very much looking forward to the competition next season Because I think it will be close It seems Stephen Gerrard's only really looking to bring in one or two players maximum now after signing well, eight, but it, you never know what can happen in a yeah, transfer window. It was an interesting line at the weekend. He used the word bloated when speaking about his squad. I think Rangers might need to offload a few, even if they're loan deals, just to get them partially off the wage bill. The likes of Ken Lafferty, Graham Dorrance, Jason Hole, Jack Anik, people like that. I think they will try and leave her out the door even temporarily between now and the window shutting at the start of September, Andrew. And it'll be interesting to see how, how many they can get out and what scope that allows them maybe to bring in one more. And and then you've then got the dilemma of what happens if there's a bid for Morelos. Eros Cresda as well is another one you didn't of mention. Course. That's been that's been one that has been a real disappointment, you'd think, from Stephen Gerrard's perspective, because the club went yeah. out, they they spent decent money on him and he didn't even make it on the club's well, pre-season tour in the l- summer. L- listen, that's the point I'm making about Hillander because when Gresda came a year ago, there were high hopes for Gresda. He had, you know, come on a big reputation with Mosiek, a big reputation from his national team as well. Um, it, he looked as if he was ready-made for the Scottish Premiership, and he's just not turned up since he's been here. That, that's the thing. All you can do as a manager is give the players the platform, give them the opportunity to come and show what they can do. If they don't take the opportunity, then they'll get shipped back out. Gresda hasn't taken his opportunity and you know look who he's behind now he's behind Kandias and Jones and Hasty and Stewart and Ojo he's probably even behind Glenn Middleton still although I think you know trying to do a loan deal to get him out and get a bit more experience he's way down the pecking order I think he'll be out the club by the end of the window If there are to be more arrivals say just hypothetically there is no bid accepted for the likes of Alfredo Morelos and, and James Tavernier on the squad is as it is where would Steven Gerrard need to strengthen the squad that he's currently got? Well, it's difficult to say where he would need because on paper, it looks as if he's got a decent balance in the squad. You know, if you pick a first 11, you could then sort of have a shadow 11. I think he used 22 players in the 4-0 win against Marseille at Ibrox on Sunday. That shows he's got cover in each position. Hellander's still to come in to be seen. Uh, Greg Stewart wasn't even involved in those 22 at the weekend. Um, so where would he need extra players? It really would depend 
where he was to lose a player. You say no bids for Morelos, he wouldn't need a striker. Does he need another left back? Does he trust Barisic for the season? I don't know. We need to wait and see. Has it surprised you the amount of players that have come in in this transfer window? Because I remember in the lead up to the window, Stephen Gerrard was saying, you know, I'm looking for quality over quantity. There's now eight signings where we're yet to see what the quality yeah. of, of the signings are because yeah. we've not seen much of them yet. But has it surprised you that he's still made that many changes yeah, to the squad? It actually has surprised me because it didn't surprise me last summer because he inherited a side that had underperformed under Kashina and Murti the, the season before. As a new man, new manager always wants to clear the decks and bring his own players in, Andrew. So when he brought so many in last summer, that didn't surprise me. Having done that, it actually did surprise me that, that he's overhauled it to this extent again. Um, he's now got a very big squad As he said himself So he It's now Stephen Gerrard's team A year ago People could say Oh you know There's a lot of Kashina And a lot of Graham Murty About this squad Now it's Stephen Gerrard's squad He's had plenty of time To shape it The board have backed him And allowed him to shape it The way he wants to shape it And I think when the season Kicks off It really is Stephen Gerrard's squad now There really is two sides To the, the sort of depth Argument as well He says he wants that there is a need to get players out the door, but you know, if you're having a a sixty game season as he's hoping for this season, you want yeah. the strength and depth, but it's also impossible to keep yeah, but that yeah, many you, many players happy. For me, you don't need any more than maybe twenty two or twenty three. And Rangers are looking at a squad that that's approaching thirty. Jordan Rossiter's already gone to Fleetwood, and I think, as we said, you know, he's made no secret of the fact he wants Lafferty out, Gresda out, Dorans out, Holt out. I think they, they let Jack Annick go as well because they've already got McGregor and Fodering a man fuff ahead of him. So I think Stephen Gerrard would like to get it down to a level of about maybe 23 players. 01419511025 if you want to get involved or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Ross is on Twitter. He said, Rangers have made intelligent signings, players that will un- unlock the deep block opposition provide. That's the difference between Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, I see the point he's making. For me last season, unlocking defences wasn't a problem for Rangers. I think they were the top scorers in the Premiership last season ahead of Celtic. Um, for me The problem for Rangers Was at the other end And we touched upon it Joe Wardle for me Wasn't up to it last season Rangers had all sorts of problems At left back last season They used about four different players At left back At various stages of the season um, That's where They let themselves down Losing sloppy goals At places like Dundee Time and again to Kilmarnock Losing sloppy goals On the road At various places That cost them the points That cost them their league challenge Ultimately So it's not scoring that's been the problem. Morelos hit 30 last season and there were goals from other areas of the team as well. Um, I think maybe the most crucial signings of all could be the likes of Hellander and Edmondson. Well, we'll have a quick look at more comments from Neil Lennon, shall we, from earlier on today. He says he's held clear that air talks with Olivier Cham after the midfielder appeared to express his desire to leave the club. Cham was quoted as being disappointed that a move to Porto didn't materialise last summer while claiming Scottish football wasn't testing enough but Lennon says there's no issue. Yes, we've had a chat, yeah. Has he apologised for his comment? Well, he was disappointed with the way it was sort of came across. That wasn't his intention. So we've had a, a nice chat, private chat, and it's no issue now. So he's back in with the group and training and getting ready for the season. I think he's putting that behind you and he's very much part of your plans going forward. Absolutely, yeah. How long will it take for him to get up to, to Stephen? shouldn't take long. You know, he's, he's, what, he's only had two and a half, three-week break. You know, and he was playing in the... The Euro Under Twenty Ones Championship, so 
you know, that was his first day yesterday and he looked in, in re- reasonable condition. He obviously, he's got a little bit of work to do, but shouldn't be too long. Hopefully, we'll have him available for next week. We've seen it before, Roger, when players have gone away on international duty and there's been quotes that have come out attributed to the player, maybe not speaking highly of, of the club he's at or saying he, he wants away. Neil Lennon doesn't seem to be too concerned by them. Well, I think there's, there will always be a job in the diplomatic corps for Neil Lennon, judging by those quotes this afternoon. Um, if I can read between the lines there, I don't think Neil Lennon is having Olivier and Cham at all. Olivier and Cham's conduct for me in the past 12 months has been... Beneath what you would expect Of a player at a club like Celtic or Rangers I think he spat the dummy When he saw his pal Moussa Dembele Leave the club And he didn't get to leave the club To go to a Porto or a Marseille Or one of these teams I think Olivier Cham Sees himself as somehow being Bigger than Celtic um, There's no doubt he's talent Very good player Scored crucial goals Scored goals in old fun games Scored goals in big cup ties for Celtic Very impressive performances in Europe but he's only an asset to Celtic if he can get his head right, get his attitude right and perform well on the pitch for Neil Lennon. And that's how we get Neil Lennon's respect back if he performs the way he can perform. Because for me last season, he didn't do that. Yeah, I can remember a, a few games where I think uh, against Valencia was one of them. There was the, the two games against Rangers as well where uh, both at Ibrox. But Olivier Cham, just, he just didn't seem to... To be playing to his potential at all And the thing is You watch Olivier and Cham And you can see that He has the quality there The problem that Neil Lennon will have Is that he just isn't Showing it often enough No that, that's the thing And Neil Lennon You know is is an old fashioned manager In so much as He will trust players That do it for him On a regular basis And you saw him Put Nier Beton Back into the team last week Away in Sarajevo because Nier Beton is a player that Neil Lennon trusts implicitly. He's done it for Neil Lennon his first time in charge. And when he puts him out in the park, Neil Lennon knows how Beton's going to perform. And you could see in his team selections when he came back to the club in February, between February and the end of the season, there were players there who previously had been getting into the team on a reasonably regular basis, but seemed to fall down a little bit in the pecking order when Neil Lennon took charge. And Cham was one of them... It's now up to Encham If he wants to win this big move away To show that he's got the correct attitude To earn that move away Could that be frustrating for Celtic In the sense that If they're not happy with his attitude And they maybe would want to shift him out the window That the way that things have been going on His performances have maybe been lacking That that would stop them from maybe getting A multi-million pound transfer fee That they feel they could Possibly get for him at some point Yeah Again Celtic have a value For Encham Just the same as they have a value For every other player And if he's not playing As well as he can play Then Fewer clubs are going to come And meet that valuation Andrew It's also It's sort of wheels within wheels If Kieran Tierney Was to leave the club For £25 million Does that work against Encham Leaving as well Does Celtic feel as if If they lose a key player Like Tierney They maybe don't want to lose Other players within the squad um, there was talk earlier on the window that Brendan Rodgers would love to be reunited with Callum McGregor down at Leicester City You certainly can't see Celtic allowing that deal to take place Certainly not this window or maybe even the next window So Encham for me has a lot of making up to do Touching on valuations there, something I was going to say earlier when we were talking about Kieran Tierney Neil Lennon, had, well he was asked about, even made comparisons between Aaron Wan-Bissaka down uh, who moved from Crystal Palace to Manchester United for around £50 million. He was saying that he feels Kieran Tierney is a, a better all-round player. It's an argument that I 
always feels a strange one when people say if this player is worth this amount of money then this player should be worth that amount of money because there's so many variables that it comes down to it's it's a very hard argument to try and justify you're not comparing like for like markets when you talk about Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Kieran Tierney Celtic are in a limited market here in Scotland where it doesn't matter who the player is if there's a bid for £25 million all cash all up front Celtic or any other club in Scotland could not turn down that money because if you throw it in with you know Celtic's turnover it would make a huge dent into Celtic's annual turnover Andrew down south the money that swells about down there even for a young right back at Crystal Palace with only one full season in the first team people readily pay £50 million for that type of player just because everything's so inflated I'll give you Virgil van Dijk Virgil van Dijk was a terrific player for Celtic up here went for I think it was £13 million albeit there's been add-ons added on to that since he's down has a couple of decent years at Southampton and from £13 million because he's being sold within that English Premier League market he's now a £75 million player and if Barcelona or Real Madrid ever came knocking on Liverpool's door for Virgil van Dijk you'd be talking what you'd talk £120 million £130 million now 01419511025 if you want to get involved we'll have more after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can get involved 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I uh, saw something today that sort of made me realise the power of Twitter today, Roger Hanna. So it goes back to a, a tweet that I sent out in December and it was a quite a funny joke that I'd heard that I was just relaying to the rest of Twitter and it simply just said just heard someone refer to the Tony Macaroni Arena as the spaghetti had which is the best bit of Scottish football patter you'll hear in a while quite like that thought it was quite funny got quite a bit of traction and then uh, it came to my attention today someone sent me a photo of Livingston's new away kit which genuinely has and I'm showing you here it says hashtag spaghetti had along the bottom of it that's, that's quite something <laughs> well some would say it's past a joke Andy but um, it, it's good that you know Levy are trying to uh, jump into this join in try and sell a few away kits off off the back of it and it shows a decent sense of humour not but too long till we're back at the spaghetti had first home league game in the season against Motherwell Saturday August 3 when Super Scoreboard's back in a Saturday afternoon, something for us all to look forward to. Not long to go at all. Why don't we go back to Twitter at Clyde SSB? Ross is on. He wants to get your opinion on Ryan Kent. Roger, he says, if in his opinion, he says if Ryan Kent does well in pre-season in the USA, he'll be at Rangers on loan next season for Gerard to fine tune him. If not, and he doesn't perform well, Klopp might sell him. What do you think? Um. It'll be interesting to see. I can't. Liverpool are now at a level that I can't see Ryan Kent getting into their first team squad. I think he'll go somewhere, either on loan or on a permanent deal. He's not a kid anymore. He's 22 years of age, Andrew. Interesting for me that Marcelo Bielsa, the Leeds manager, was there watching him when he set up three goals for Liverpool at Bradford at the weekend. There's been chat of Aston Villa being interested in him as well. And you look at the signings Rangers have made Ojo, Jones, Hasty, Stewart. All in attacking areas It's just at the back of my mind That maybe Stephen Gerrard knows That Ryan Kent's not coming back I, I'm only surmising at this 
um, you know, mid, just before midnight on Monday, September the second, before our transfer window closes, he might yet become a Rangers player on loan. I just get the feeling he's maybe destined for for new pastures. Could Scott Arfield be another factor in this? Because we saw at the end of the season when Stephen Gerrard changed his formation, he went with a yeah. sort of more narrow front line. Scott Arfield was in there, played very well in that position. Could Stephen Gerrard maybe look at that as well and think, well, Ryan Kent maybe isn't as vital as I thought he might be well, this season? Well, it's not a case of being as vital. I think Stephen Gerrard would love to get Ryan Kent back and if a deal could be done, then absolutely terrific for Gerrard and for Rangers. He's not a Rangers player, though. He's a Liverpool player. And Rangers have to respect that. Stephen Gerrard will respect that. Um, they have to wait and see what Liverpool want to do with Ryan Kent. I just feel that Liverpool might think, listen, he's been to Scotland, he's done that thing, it's been a crucial step for him up there, just like he did with Freiburg in Germany, just like he did with Barnsley in the Championship. You wonder if his next move is either a loan deal in the Premier League or a sale to someone at Leeds United. Is that the case if they were looking to, to loan him out again? There, there has been suggestions that Rangers do have a, a, a first option on him if Liverpool are to loan him out, but if that isn't the case, could you then see Liverpool thinking, well, you know, Maybe the Premier League is, is now where he should go Because then he'll be testing himself Against yeah, the best and, week in week out And you wonder if there are parallels with Patrick Roberts there Who was a Manchester City player Came to Celtic Did about for 18 months on loan Then had another loan spell away in a different league At, at Girona And is now back And City think he's ready to be loaned Within the English Premier League So he's gone to Norwich City on loan Could Ryan Kent end up having a, a similar move For argument's sake To someone like Aston Villa maybe for a season See how he cuts it In the English Premier League And if he can get closer To the level he would need to be at to get in Alongside the, the Salas And the Manes And the Firminos And the Origis And people like that Because they are World class talents 01419511025 If you want to get involved Let's take a, a Closer look at the European fixtures This week Roger Because they kick off tomorrow They've sort of Sprung up on us Pretty quickly We'll be I'll be live at Celtic Park tomorrow with Mark Wilson. I'll be live at Ibrox with Gordon DL on Thursday. I'm not looking to having to keep those two in check in public, but it should be a, an interesting show anyway. But uh, we look at Celtic, first of all, playing tomorrow night. The fact they came back and, and they got that 3-1 win, I'm sure the, the Celtic players and Neil Lennon will be quite happy with that, that margin that oh, they've yeah. got. Listen, there can be no slip-ups from any of the four Scottish teams. Celtic, for me, did their business in, in Bosnia last week, a 3-1 away win. Good performance after losing that early goal. They'll get through Rangers on Thursday night. Again, not brilliant in the first half in Gibraltar, but did their business in the second half, four goals. They will now use Thursday night to, to fine-tune a few players who probably need minutes on the park. Um, they'll be through Kilmarnock. Again, like the two old firm teams, are a bit of a scare down in Wales before Eamon Brophy and Stuart Finlay get those goals late on. They will see off Connors Key Nomads and set up a game Cracking game against Partizan Belgrade Now managed by Savo Milosevic um, Aberdeen They lost a late goal They were sloppy at the finish up at Petodri last Thursday night um, But by all accounts They absolutely dominated Rovaniemi I would expect them to Not just get through But to win the tie Up in Lapland On Thursday afternoon I would see all four Scottish teams going through Kelly next week Would be up against it Against a team of the quality Of Partizan Belgrade But you would fancy Celtic and Rangers and Aberdeen to, to get at least one more step on. 
it, interested me when I was looking on Twitter today and Rangers had a, a couple of development games, a, a reserve game and an under-18s game. In neither of the squad, there was the likes of Dapo Mabudi and, and Josh McPake, who Steven Gerrard has been using yeah. in pre-season. Would that suggest to you that there's a good chance that those two could feature on Thursday? Yeah, there must be a possibility. Um, they may be getting held back for Thursday. They may be getting held back for Blackburn Rovers with the first team at the weekend. Lewis Mayo was involved again in the, in the squad that beat Marseille at the weekend, as was Jamie Burjonas. So maybe this week it's a turn of McPake and Mabudi to, to be involved. We'll need to wait and see. Rangers do have a lot of games between the, these friendly bounce games. You know, with Cambridge United today. There's other games lined up. They've got Blackburn this Sunday coming. Derby the following Sunday. They'll drop in the, the Europa League ties. You know, in between all of that. So there'll be a lot of opportunities for a lot of players to hone their fitness ahead of what, what's a real cracking start in the Premiership away to Kilmarnock. We really were their bogey team last season. Yeah, managers talk about this gruelling schedule to to get into the the group stages of whether it's the Champions League or, or the Europa League. But we have seen Celtic and Rangers both arranging friendlies on pretty much every weekend of of the yeah. first few weeks of it. So it, it's just a case really that they're trying to to get everyone up to speed and rotate. Not everyone can get a a chance in the competitive games, but they'll be hoping that once the league st- season starts round and once it gets into the later stages, that everyone will be. Up to speed Yeah 100% I heard Neil Lennon saying today He was talking about Christopher Julian Saying he hasn't really played A lot of football For a couple of months now So they're keen to get him involved Get minutes into his legs Get him to know How his new teammates play Get him to build relationships With the guys round about him And it'll be the same for Rangers The likes of you know Edmondson played first half Against Marseille at the weekend I would expect to see Hellander At some stage Against Blackburn on Sunday That's what it's all about It's about preparing These new guys And, and getting Last season's team back up to speed after those few weeks off in the summer. Well, we'll hear from Steve Clark very quickly, shall we? Um, we caught up with him at a, a golf day yesterday. He was talking Scotland and he says he's delighted with the response he's had from the players in the early stages as his time as national team boss. Every player should want to play for the national team. I was really heartened by the response that I had uh, for, the, for the first squad that I picked uh, and hopefully... There'll be a few more names in the, the the next squad. People putting themselves forward. I see already one or two in the paper saying that they want to be picked for the for the national team. That's great if we can encourage that and and nurture that and and get everyone out there and, and doing their best for the country. Then hopefully the only way is up. It was a big problem under Alex McLeish Roger that there was players that weren't turning up. There was pl- a lot of injuries and he didn't have his his full squad to pick from. Steve Clark seems encouraged by what he's seen so far. Yeah, um, there were a few absentees. From the squad for his first two games in charge, you have to remember, you would like to hope you could write that off as being an awkward time of the season, two games at the start of June, at the end of a long, hard season for a lot of players. I'll be interested to see how many make themselves available for a doubleheader at the start of the season, early September, and it can't be a more glamorous doubleheader in our group. Belgium at home, Russia at home. If Steve Clark can persuade people to come and play in those two games at Hamden, then the job may be harder than even he thought. We're all looking forward to the the football coming back competitively. I think Steve Clark will come under that category as well because it's been a change for him not having the 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 week to week of yeah. of club football. I'm sure he'll be happy to get out there and, and see what his options are. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where he goes on Thursday night. Whether he goes down to Rugby Park to see his old Kilmarnock team take on Connors Key Nomads to look at Stevie O'Donnell, who was mentioned earlier on in the show, Eamon Brophy, Stuart Finlay, Greg Taylor. We were all involved in the squad for those last two games. Um, he will want to catch up in a lot of football. 
And he's going to have a lot of games A lot of opportunities In this hectic start to the season Well thank you for all your calls And tweets tonight Thanks to Roger Hanna In the studio as well We'll be back tomorrow night Live from Celtic Park I'll be with Mark Wilson And then I'm out on the road again On Thursday Live from Ibrox With Gordon DL To get the latest On all that European action Don't go anywhere though Callum Gallagher is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.